Thank you for tuning in to this week's message. For information about the church, you can go to our website, connectionschurch.church, or you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Well, praise the name of the Lord our God. Amen. How about giving him a hand of appreciation and praise right now one more time? Woo! Man, worthy is the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. And welcome again today. If you haven't already, grab your handouts and uh, get ready to jump into the Word and take some notes, things you don't want to miss out on, things that God speaks to your heart today. And thank you all for taking the time to come out and be with us. If uh, you're newer here, just uh, we'd love to have you stop by the, the big blue wall out in the uh, lobby and, and check in. Let us know who you are a little bit. There's a place on the bottom of your handout to give us a little bit of information. We'd love to just uh, contact you and, and uh, let you know how glad we are that you are here at Connections. And we won't bug you and, and, and hound you, but we will just touch base and say, hey, thanks for coming. And we've got a place for you here. And turn to somebody next to you and say, Merry Christmas. Doesn't that just feel good? And guess what? It's almost time to go shopping. I'm geared up. I am ready. Man, Walgreens is calling my name. And, so, and my wife's reminded me like 25 times in the last three days that Kohl's is open just around the clock. She said, babe, we can get up 2 in the morning and go shopping. I said, we? No. You? Yeah. I'm not, I've got to get some sleep some, at some point in time. Anybody feel that? I mean, have you already been to Coles in the middle of the night? Let me see your hand. Is it like the walking dead in there when you're there like at 3 in the morning? Like, just, I don't know why I'm here. I can't think. My brain is mush. Isn't it amazing just what happens to us around Christmas time and kind of seems to linger through the first part of the new year and Sometimes longer, and it's just like that hectic, chaotic, just wild thoughts everywhere, schedule all over the map, and you just you just get to a point you're like, I need peace. Anybody relate to that? Maybe you've been going through that for quite a while, and Christmas didn't trigger it. It's it's already happened in your life. Well, well, the good news is today we're unboxing Christmas peace. And the beautiful part of it is, is that at the end of the quote-unquote Christmas season, which we know as Christ followers is always Christmas, because Christ is always alive in us, and he came just for us, as Pastor Scott reminded us, that we don't have to box it back up like the decorations and stick them back out in the storage room, right? That everything he came to bring us, all the beautiful blessings and gifts that Christ brings to our lives, he came just for us can remain in us and with us all times. Hey, Corey, how's it going, buddy? Good to see you. We don't have to pack it up and put it up. I mean, over the next couple of weeks when you come in here on Sundays, all these beautiful packages will be what? Gone. And by the way, if you want any of them, take them today, okay? Because our dumpster's only so big and there's like mountains of them. So, so we don't have to put it all back up and you would think with all the advanced technology and creature comforts that have been invented and are available to us all in this day and time, you would think that peace and tranquility would just fill our lives. I mean, think about some of the things. We live in the unargu unarguably the most advanced and comfortable time in all of history. And what do I mean by that? Well, think of travel. It, it's so quick and convenient and comfortable as opposed to just 200 years ago. 
You got these awesome jets that fly up in the air, thousands of feet up in the air, and get you somewhere in just a matter of a few hours that would take you days to drive sometimes. And when you're in those jets, I've never flown because every time I fly, it's always in coach where it feels like you're in a sardine can and you can't move to the right or left. But, but some, somehow now they have these jets with all these luxuries on them. I mean, just beds that you can sleep in on a, on a plane. Any of you have flown that, that class before? Just leave the church now. We, we can't even rely. I'm sorry. No, don't leave. I'm just kidding. Self-driving cars. Now, that's one I would like to have. I'm on the road and doing all kind of stuff in the car, multitasking, as we like to call it, so much that I think to myself often, man, I would love to have it. But here's the rub with that. I wouldn't be able to operate it. I can't even operate my wife's new Toyota. And it's you drive it yourself car. I mean, all the buttons and gadgets and things it does, I'm like, get me back to my 08 Dodge truck. My stump jumper, as I like to call it. Super trains. You can go to Charlotte and you can jump on a, a motorized scooter and just, I don't even know how it works, but I guess you swipe a cart or something, you can drive it around and then get to your destination. I mean, isn't it amazing what travel is like now? What about food and beverage? It's not only available at restaurants everywhere, and I don't know that anybody cooks anymore. Anybody in this room cook still? Stand up to your feet if you still cook home-cooked meals. Scott, Terry, take all their names down and give, give the addresses afterwards. We're going to visit you to prove that this week because I don't know if you're telling the truth unless I come and eat some of it, okay? So make sure you got, okay. But not only can you go to a restaurant and go through a drive-thru now, <laughs> I don't feel like getting out, so I'm going to call Grubhub. Wait a minute, you don't call them anymore, do you? You pull out the app, you put all the information in this magic machine, and the next thing you know, they're knocking at your door. Your Outback Steak is here. Thank you, Jesus. What a country, right? And if that don't flip your switch, then you just throw anything you want in the microwave, and in two minutes it's scalding hot to where it'll just burn your mouth all to pieces. I mean, think about it. Most comfortable beds ever. Anybody like a firm mattress in here? I'm going to give my back some support because I'm working hard, and I can't get that thing all mushy and soft and but how many of you like the soft mattress? How many of you are cold-natured and you like a warm bed and you can turn the temperature up on that thing somehow? Anybody? What about all you people going through menopause and my wife who just stays hot all the time and you're like, I got to cool down. I got to adjust that thing down to just above freezing, like 34 degrees. And Yeah. Who in here owns an adjustable bed? Now, my wife's been talking to me about getting one. I'm like, are you crazy? First of all, they cost a fortune. And secondly, you'll be adjusting it all night long. Beep, beep, beep. I don't want to hear that. Just give me my flat mattress and I'll make do just fine. Well, you can keep yours flat if you want to, but I can ride it. That's the problem. You'll be just raising it and lowering it all night. Probably just for the fun of it. Maybe just to bug me. I don't know. I mean, think about when, when people were sleeping out on the dirt Thousands of years ago, they would have loved to have had something like that, right? It's amazing. What about a remote control? You want to turn the light on? Bloop. Your fan? Bloop. Your TV? Bloop. Your home stereo system? Anybody even have those anymore? Bloop. 
Just a push of a button. And maybe, get ready to write this one down. Possibly the greatest invention of all time. You ready for it? It's not sliced bread. The clapper. Clap on. Clap off. Clap off. That was weak. The one time I asked you to help me out this morning, and you're going to pull that one more time. Clap on. Clap off. That's a little bit better. Now, how many of you actually own a clapper? Let's just see how that. Nobody? Who? Who's she? Alexa, you kids and your fancy gadgets, I tell you. Man, it is the most comfortable, soft, easy time on the face of the planet for us human beings. The most creature comforts ever, right? But I think you would understand and agree with me at this next statement. It's probably the most tumultuous and unhealthy world that we've ever lived in as far as all the stuff does not bring peace. As a matter of fact, it's been proven by studies over the last several years that we are the most medicated people ever at this point in time. Now, a lot of that understands for like blood pressure and heart stuff and all that, but you know what? Some of that's triggered by not having peace in your life. A lot of it this day and time is emotional Issues where people are challenged, and, and I know some of that's heredity, and I know some, you know, I'm not arguing that, and I'm not saying if you, do, if you, know, you don't need medicine to help you, I'm not saying I'm not that kind of preacher. But what I'm saying is that we've drifted to that place where we have become the most medicated people ever. All in search of that elusive thing called Peace. So many are desperately grasping for peace and literally trying anything to find it in this day and time. Or many have seemingly just given up on the concept and the idea of ever finding it and they just try to, try to numb it with anything they can. How many of you know some people like that? All because they're trying to deal with the pain of a peaceless existence. And there are so many things that rob us of peace. And I just want to mention a few very quickly here this morning. And one of those, and it's a huge one, and write this down because I didn't put it in your notes, is a thing called guilt. You ever dealt with that before? Sure you have. Don't sit there looking at me like, no, Pastor, I've never done anything to be guilty of. So I, I don't even understand what you're talking about. That, that's a foreign kind. No, yeah, you have. I mean, it might have been back when you were in first grade and you pushed a little Johnny down on the playground and took the football out of his hands because you wanted to play with it. At some point in time, there was some guilt that kind of hit you thinking, well, maybe I should have pushed Johnny down. I should have probably just said, hey, bro, let's pass. Let's play together. Let's share something. Maybe it's something really big that happened as, as an adult that you made a terrible decision. You brought some pain and hurt in somebody's life, and, and that guilt just kind of eats you up, and it, and it will if it goes unforgiven and unconfessed. A lot of people deal with guilt. A lot of people deal with grief. Man, oh, man, oh, man. 
And let me just say here a little disclaimer. I, I deal with all these as well. I, I know the taste of all of these. And, and I've walked through guilt and I've walked through grief. And I know that's high on the list that people struggle with. And, and this time of the year, the holidays, when everybody's supposed to be happy and joyful and cheerful. And man, the most wonderful time is the most. How many of you heard that like a thousand times already in the last three weeks? Wonderful time of the year. And you're thinking to yourself, man, I'm not feeling that. I'm dealing with some guilt. I'm dealing with some grief. Many of you know that I lost my mom when I was 20 years old to liver cancer. She was 44, and I've tasted the sting of grief many, many times uh, since then. Another one is greed, and here, here's what I mean by that. It's Greed is always wanting more money, more stuff, more, more, more. This is one, one that, that's a monster that is just so relentless it, and never allows peace and contentment. You, you get to a point where you just never are satisfied. You can't find that sweet spot in life because you're driven by, i got to get more. Listen, there's a long, long list of what we will call peace robbers, things that steal our peace. And, and, and I'm not going to go through all of them today, but here's what I'm going to share with you loud and clear. That is the fact that peace is available because of Christmas, because of Christ coming for us. One of the gifts that he brings to us in his coming to our world and coming for us is the gift of peace. Would you say that to a neighbor right now? Peace. Any 70s children here? Back when the, the thing was, peace, bro, what's up? I like to flash that a lot, peace. Yes, I'm a 70s kid, so, you know, it just kind of makes sense. But look, look on your outline there, number one. I, I want to start this part of our, our message by, by properly defining peace today. And please understand that peace is not the absence of conflict or trouble, but it's found in the person of Jesus Christ. He is peace in the midst of every storm, situation, whatever we go through. No matter what's happening around us, it could be calm or it could be chaos. When Jesus is in our lives in full force, then guess what? We own peace, right? Peace is ours, baby. And it can't be shaken. And if you don't believe that, just ask the disciples. There's a story that's found in, in, in God's Word in the New Testament, Mark chapter 4, 35 through 41, where Jesus told his disciples, let's get in the boat and let's go to the other side. Man, I got all kind of allergy stuff going on. I'm hyped up on Sudafed, but I can still move around. You're saying, yep, you're medicated too. See, it's everywhere. He said, let's go to the other side. So they get in the boat, they follow his, his direction, man, they're sailing across the sea, and all of a sudden, what happens? This big, massive storm, almost kind of like a, 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 a cyclone-type storm that historians tell us it was huge, comes and starts rocking the boat, man, and where's Jesus? He's asleep, and the disciples are just freaking out, thinking, man, this is it, we're goners, we're going to die. And then they start talking amongst themselves, and they're saying things like, does he not even care that we're about to perish? What's up with that? Here, all hell is breaking loose. I mean, the storm is the worst we've ever And some of these guys were experienced fishermen. They've been through some storms. And so they finally decide, let's wake him up, or we're, we're gone. And he gets up, and he's like, guys, really? You woke me up for this? Here's the thing about it. He told them before they got in the boat, what, what were they going to do? Go, I hear you, preacher man. Come on with it. 
We're going to go to the other side. There was no doubt in what he said. And yet when the storm came, they began to doubt what he said. Listen, guys, we will not have peace if we doubt what God says. But when we believe the word of God, when he speaks it to our lives, when we read it off the pages of this amazing, amazing book, we can have peace in the midst of every storm. So Jesus gets up, whoop, peace be still. Man, there's something right there I didn't even put in my notes, but I'm just going to tell you right now. Sometimes you got to speak to those situations in your life. You got to speak to yourself. You got to remind yourself, hey, peace be still. Because here's the key when Jesus is on the boat, <laughs> you ain't sinking. I know that's not proper English, but I really don't care. It's preacher English. You ain't sinking when Jesus is on the boat. And you understand what that means, and you realize that when he speaks a word, you can count on that word coming to pass. It's going to happen. So make sure that Jesus is on your boat. Properly defining peace is understanding that everything's not going to go okay all the time. Let me ask you this question. How many of you are in the midst of a storm of life right now? And I'm raising my hand because I'm right there with you. We in this thing together. I'm going through some stuff as well. But I'm going to tell you something. It is amazing how the peace of God just blows up bigger than any storm that comes at you. When you, and here's the key, and write this down. Write it on the paper, write it on your heart, write it on your forearm. You know, if you need to put it on your forehead so you see it in the mirror, trust Him. Period. My faith is not in the circumstances. My, my trust is not in the, the situations. My trust is in Jesus. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. I know that I know that I know that I know that Jesus will come through for me. No doubt whatsoever. That's why I can walk through the storms. I can face all the challenges of life and all the good times and all the, the tough times and everything in between. Knowing that Jesus is on my boat. And it ain't going to sink. Because I don't know about you, but I'm going to the other side. Why? Because that's what he said. How many's going with me? Raise your hand. I want to see your hands up. I want to keep them up. How many's going to the other side with me? How many of you determined in your heart, come hell or high water, nothing's going to stop you from getting to the other side where Jesus promised we would go? And turn to your neighbor, give him a big old high five with a raised hand, and say, yes, sir, we're going. Yes, ma'am, we're going. Listen, peace that Christ gives is everything. I, I want you to know this morning, there's a few few warnings here that I want to give very quickly about what peace is not. So that you'll be clear on this. The peace that Jesus provides for us, brings to our lives, is not meant to make us indifferent or lazy. And, and again, biblical peace is not the absence of struggle. Paul was a man who exhibited peace in every circumstance. And he also wrote that we are engaged as believers in what? Spiritual warfare. He told us that we're to be dressed for duty, that we're going to wrestle against spiritual rulers and authorities and against powers of this dark world. I love a letter that I, that I heard about an overseer of, of a district of, of, of churches sent out a Christmas statement to the ministers under his care, wishing them peace at Christmas time. To which one of the ministers wrote back saying, We don't need peace at my church. That's kind of a 
What, what, excuse me? No, no, it's, it's a good thing. Just, just bear with me. He said, we need an earthquake. What was happening, the pastor was rather sad that his people seemed too peaceful. They needed the Holy Spirit to come and shake them out of their doldrums and wake them up and send them out into the field and stir some stuff up. Today, it would seem that a lot of churches and Christians confuse peace. And what they really need is to be shaken out of their slumber. We need to be careful in our church that we don't become too satisfied, too comfortable, too pleased with our spiritual condition. Also, please understand that God's peace does not mean that we, we can harden our hearts and close our ears to the cry of the hurting and the helpless. That God sent us to go out and to love them and to take his love to them. And that's what God desires for us to do. That, that, that Jesus himself, he was perfect. He had perfect peace in his life, but he was moved to tears by the people who appeared to be sheep without a shepherd, wandering aimlessly and helplessly. One last thing that God's peace does not mean is that of sacrificing his truth and his principles on the altar of getting along with this present world that we live in. Peace at the, peace at the price of dishonoring God is not peace at all. Here's what it really is. It is sin, period. Jesus once said, you think I came to bring peace? Now, understand the context of this. He said, no, I came to bring a sword. Now, you might be thinking, well, man, this is contradicting, co contradictory to everything he's just been saying. But, but, but what actually is, is going on here, Jesus was simply pointing out that the peace he offers is not a peace from responsibility or from righteousness with God. We can't compromise for the sake of peace. God's kingdom is at war against the kingdom of darkness, and we can't have a peace treaty with that kingdom, church. God's called us to rise up and be the standard of holiness in this present world that we exist in. He's called us to be salt and light. He's called us to believe and have convictions of the Holy Spirit that his word is true, that his word is powerful, that he alone is the answer to every problem we have in our lives. He's called us to exhibit that in our lives. Merry Christmas. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Folks, I'm telling you, if you haven't figured it out yet, we're literally living in the last of the last days that are spelled out in the Word of God. We're living in a time where the Bible says that people are calling wrong right and right wrong, where they're listening to false teachers and preachers and believing the lies that are declared from them, a time where, where even the very elect, as God's Word said, is being deceived right before our very eyes, and it's going on and increasing each and every day with a, with a veracity that's never been seen before. And where's the church? Trying to coexist. Trying to live in peace with all brethren. Trying to go along to get along. When Jesus made that statement, I didn't come to bring peace. I didn't come to strike a treaty with the kingdom of darkness. I came to bring a sword and defeat the enemy forces. Why? Because those same enemy forces have declared they are out to steal, kill, and destroy the lives of God's people, plain and simple. I don't know about you, if somebody's coming after me or my family or any of y'all, <laughs> I'm going to fight. I am going to fight because it matters dearly. What a Christmas message, amen? <laughs> Gosh, I love it. I love it. We cannot give in to the lies for the sake of that kind of peace. Now, what we're talking about this morning for the next few minutes as we wrap this up 
is two, two types of peace. Now that we've kind of defined what peace is, what it isn't, we're talking about the, the arena of, of God and, and his kingdom. Number one, we're talking about peace with God, meaning that we are in right relationship with our God the Father, with God the Father through the redemptive work of our Savior Jesus Christ. And then secondly, we're talking about the peace of God. Paul addressed this spiritual dynamic when he wrote these words: Rejoice in the Lord always. And I again say, What? Rejoice. Twice he tells us to rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious. What does that mean? Don't worry. Don't fret. Don't stress about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition. Did did somebody hear what I just said? What Paul wrote to us? Don't be anxious. Don't fret. Don't worry. Don't stress. Let all that stuff go. You as a child of God were never meant to carry that crap. Sorry. Excuse me. That stuff. Never. Then he goes on and says this. In everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And here it is. And the peace of God. Now, now get a hold of this. Look at me right now. Don't miss this. Which transcends all understanding. And here, here's the literal meaning of that. You and I ain't going to be able to figure that out. It goes beyond any understanding we could have. It doesn't make sense. Everything that could happen terrible is happening. The world's caving in all around me. But somehow, I've got peace. I can't understand it. But that's okay. And then he finishes up, Paul does, by writing these words. We'll guard that peace of God. will guard your heart and your mind. Ooh, doggies, that's some good stuff right there, as Jed would say. The peace with God, the peace of God. That's, that's the ultimate. That right there is what we are meant to live out. You, you believe that? Can you catch a hold of that with me right now, that that's for you? God's peace is trusting that he has us in the palm of his hand and he's never going to leave us. That he's in the boat and he can calm the storms of life. Secondly, on your outline, I want you to get this this morning. Christmas is the presentation of that peace. Remember the verse we keep coming back to out of Luke chapter 2 when we started this study some several weeks ago on the promises of Christmas that we unboxed? Luke chapter 2 verse 11 tells us, Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Unto who? Unto you. It's personal. God came and presented this gift of Jesus to everyone. Everyone. Unto you. He is your gift. He is your peace. And what a gift. Listen, anytime someone gives me a great gift, I want to open it up and I want to put it to use. Amen? Amen. I want to get in that thing, man, and I want to use that. I want to enjoy that. I want to have that. I want to own that. The birth of Jesus was the birth of peace, given to us as a precious gift in that stable in Bethlehem some 2,000 years ago. And let me assure you this this morning. God always gives the best gifts. No bird books whatsoever. He actually gave us real birds. Some of you are like, I don't know where he's going with that. We Just go back and listen to the first week. The promises of of God at Christmas. And then third this morning, as we discussed in week one, also in unboxing the promises, 
Peace was promised before peace arrived. There's a passage out of the old prophet Isaiah's writings in in chapter 9, and you hear it a lot this time of the year. Chapter 9, verse 6, beginning there with with Isaiah's writing, he, he prophesied some 700 years. Anybody close to 700 years old in this room? Let me see your hands. Don's not here. He was the closest one. Dave's second. Okay. 700 years before Jesus was born, here's what the prophet said. People question God. People question this book. I, I, don't, I don't see how. 700 years. Here's what Isaiah wrote. A child will be born to us. A son will be given to us. And the government will rest upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Woo! Peace. Man, you got to love that. That promise was made to us. While we were yet sinners, we were promised peace. We were promised reconciliation. We were promised God's love that would never end for us. He would always love us. Folks, I'm telling you something. That's the promise fulfilled. Is Jesus coming to us and for us. And number four in your outline, simply there's three types of peace that we desperately, desperately need. The first one we've talked about quite a bit already in the last few minutes, but I want to just make sure it's loud and clear. That first one that we need is so powerful, so life-transforming. It's called spiritual peace. Spiritual peace. And that is simply the peace of God I talked about a few moments ago, that The most important thing in this life is that we are at peace with God, that our sins have been cleansed, removed. That stain of sin is gone, that we are free in Jesus. We are free indeed. 2 Corinthians 5.18 tells us these powerful words that God sent Christ to make peace between himself and us. What a Savior. What a God. What a gift. What love displayed in this beautiful act of sending Jesus. God doesn't want us to live disconnected from him. And I don't care what you're doing right now, whether you're in this room or outside of it, listening, watching, whatever. Understand this. Without spiritual peace, look at me. That living in right relationship with God, that God-honoring life that you, you have because Jesus has come in as your Savior and your Lord, that he's leading your life without that, hear this. If you don't have that and if you reject that, then you might as well not listen to anything else I say for the rest of the few minutes we're together in this moment because without that, nothing else is ever going to work correctly. That is the foundation. That is the baseline. That is the all in all of everything that we desperately need, God's salvation. And that's what Christmas is all about. Him coming to save us from our sins, to give us peace spiritually. There's some people listening to this right now. Whether it's right here on this last Sunday before Christmas 2019, or a month down the road, or next year, some people are listening to this right now that you don't have that peace with God through His great salvation. Today is your day. Today is your day. This is your moment. I 
beg you, don't let it pass by without grabbing a hold of that and saying, Jesus, I need you without you. I am nothing. I am lost. I am hopeless. God, come and save me and rescue me. Spiritual peace. There's a second kind of peace that's talked about. It's peace within. The Bible has a word for this. It's emotional peace. It's called the peace of God. And when I have peace with God, then I get the peace of God inside of me. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 tells me and you, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. God wants his peace to rule in our life. Church, if you'll study your word, if you'll do a study of this precious book that God has made sure we have a copy of in our hands here in 2019, you will find that there are at least 790 verses in this precious word about the peace of God. Isn't that incredible? 790 verses shouting at us, telling us, letting us know, loving on us about God's peace that tell us that no matter what we go through emotionally, whatever tries to torment us, whatever tries to hurt us, that the peace of Christ can rule in our hearts, that God gives us Comforting peace for, for all of you who have a broken heart. For those of you that are confused right now, he gives us guiding peace. For those with a ashamed heart because of guilt, he gives us forgiving peace. When we have a, a worried heart, he gives us a confident peace that I know without a doubt I'm going to be okay. Every little ting is going to be all right. It's for my Jamaican brothers, wherever they may be. Listen, God's peace is the answer and has an answer for every problem we are going to face. Don't you love that? The answer is already provided. And then thirdly, the Lord offers relational peace. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 16, Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross, and our hostility towards each other was put to death. Listen, folks, the further we are from God, the more our relationships with other people are messed up. That's a, that's a truth. It's a reality. If we want to strengthen our relationship with others like your spouse, your kids, your, your, your friends, your coworkers, whatever, strengthen your relationship with God, it'll pull you back together. And the Lord also said in his word, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. And sadly, we can't force others to God and to his peace. But let's make sure that we do all we are called to do to love and live in relational peace. And I'm going to tell you something. At the end of the day, when you have done that, when I have done that, we can lay our heads down on our pillows and sleep in peace. Know that we know that we know that, hey, God, I'm doing everything I can. I'm trying. I'm reaching out. I'm loving. I'm forgiving. I'm doing everything I can. And God, I put it in your hands and trust you with it. If they respond one day, super great, awesome, man, I'm so pumped up about it. If they don't, then that's not on me. Why? Because I have followed your word, God, and I have done everything in my power to be at peace. And you know what? Even if they want to attack, even if they want to run me down, even if they want to do whatever they want to do, guess what? I'm just going to love them and pray for them. The Bible says you just heap burning coals on their heads by being gracious and loving and peaceful. So this Christmas as we sing and talk about peace on earth, please know that God wants to give you real lasting peace in each of these areas, in every area of your life. 
I want you to know right now very clearly that peace, God's peace, is not an unattainable dream. It is a free gift from God. And what a gift it is. The last little line of that song, sleep in heavenly peace. We can live in heavenly peace. We can sleep in heavenly peace. We can exist in the peace of God that passes all understanding and guards our hearts and our minds. But as we close this morning, if you just close your eyes for a moment, it all comes down to this incredibly enough. It still blows my mind all these years later that I've been blessed to be able to serve in ministry. It all comes down to the last thing in your outline, and you don't have to fill it in. Just listen, fill it in your heart. The reality is that the Prince of Peace must be born inside of us. That we've got to receive this beautiful gift. We've got to say yes to Jesus in leading my life as my Lord and my King. It's all in our hands. Each one of us has the power to receive or reject. If you're in this room right now, before we finish our time together in just a moment, with every eye closed all across this room, I want to ask two different things. Number one, how many of you right now would say, you know what, I need to surrender to the full lordship of Jesus Christ in my life, to give him everything I am, to, to give him my whole life, my heart, my, my emotions, my relationships, everything of, of, of my, my life, just surrender to him. Would you just raise your hand right now so I know how to pray for you in this holy moment? Anybody across this room? Thank you, ma'am. Anybody else? Just raise your hand and say, I surrender to Jesus. I receive that gift of peace in my life. Yes, sir. Thank you for that. How many others just say, hey, don't forget me, Pastor. I, I, I want God's salvation. I want his leadership. I, I need it. Without it, I'm lost. Anybody else? So to join these two, please raise your hand. Yes, sir. Thank you. Who else? This is your moment, your time. Don't miss that. Anybody? Along with these several that, I, that I've seen a hand go up from. How many of you would say, you know what? I, I've surrendered to the Lord. I've given him my heart. I've given him my life. I, I, I just have struggled with not having the peace that God provides fully. I, I've struggled with worry. I've struggled with, with, with hurt. I've struggled with anger. I've, I've struggled with, with this. Whatever it may be, fill in the blank. But, but right now, I know that I need God's full peace to come alive powerfully in my life. Would you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, here this Sunday before Christmas, pray for me. Thank you, ma'am. How many others just slip your hand up? Thank you, ma'am. Yes. How many others? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Before we pray, right where you're at, I just want you to take a moment and just begin to thank God. And there, there's a difference. I, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily asking you to ask Him for that peace. What I am encouraging you to do is thank Him for His peace that is powerful and changes everything. Because the Prince of Peace, by your own admission, lives in you. 
then he wants to bring that peace fully alive through you. So as you just begin to thank him and worship him, I know what's going to happen. That peace is just going to begin to fill every, every crevice, every piece, every part of your life, your soul, your spirit, your mind, your body, everything. It's not some weird stuff. This is Jesus coming for us to rescue us from our anxiety, from our hurts, from our heartbreaks, from whatever it is that has been a, a robber of peace, a stealer, a thief of peace in our lives. And that peace is just coming now in wave after wave after wave because of Jesus. And those of you that raised your hand and said, I choose Christ today, I want you to just begin to pray right now and say, Lord, I come to you a sinner needing your salvation. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We, we're all sinners that need to be saved by his amazing grace. God, I, I come to you as a sinner needing your salvation. I come to you and invite you to, to come in and forgive me of all my sins and radically transform my life from death to life. That no longer I, I belong to this world. That, Lord, I am yours. I am a son or a daughter of the Most High God. I am being grafted into the vine. I am being brought in the family. God, thank you for your great salvation that belongs to me today. Lord, these three that are in this room and those who may be outside watching, listening today or the days to come, God, we needed a Savior and you came for us in the person of Jesus Christ, born as a babe. In that Bethlehem night, God, we thank you for saving us. I thank you for those today that are receiving your great salvation. And we pray that this is the first day of the rest of their lives. They are born again because they confessed their sins and they confessed you as Lord of their lives. In Jesus' name. God, I just pray for the peace of God through the peace with God to just wash over every one of us whether we raised our hand, and there were so many that raised a hand that have been struggling with whatever it is in their lives. I don't know it all, but you sure do, God. You know every intimate detail of our lives, of our heart, of our, of our minds, of our, our thoughts, whatever it may be. So God, right now, just come and just wash over us with your peace. Just, just wash over us with your peace right now, God. Let it come in wave after wave, Lord, the peace of God. That we're not going to leave this place the same as we walked in, God, with all that stress and stuff, carrying that heavy weight on our backs, God. No, we hand it to you. We cast our cares upon you as you instruct us to do because you care for us. You said you are our burden barrier. You, you carry our burdens, God. You bear them upon yourself, Lord. We're not meant to carry that stuff. So right now, we just release it today. Lord, relationally, those things that have been broken and hurt, somehow, some way, we believe in miracles to take place. Restoration to happen spiritually, emotionally, God, healing come in our emotions because of your peace that we can't even figure out or understand, but it's ours. Jesus, you are not only on our boat, <laughs> you are the captain now. 
You are the captain now. We sail with you. And we'll get to the other side because of who you are and the promise you make to us. Would you just reach over and grab the hand of somebody beside you right now? I just sense in my heart we just need to make some type of physical connection with our brothers and sisters in Christ to shore up, to confirm what God's doing in this place. Would you pray for each other for just a moment? Maybe you know their name, maybe not. It's okay. If you want to ask them, that's great. You just want to say, Lord, this brother to my right, this sister to my left, that's fine too. Let's seal this time up. The power of the Holy Spirit, <laughs> beautiful, sweet Spirit of God, alive in us and here in our midst. What an amazing thing. Lord, let your anointing be on us more so than ever before. We're hungry to stand up and be truth and light in this ever-darkening world. God, you have put us here for such a time as this. Let us put aside all the, all the junk that doesn't matter, all the stuff we get so tangled up with. Let us find your peace and, Lord, your passion <laughs> to compel us forward to the finish line because those are the things in this life that matter. Jesus, thank you for Christmas. Thank you for being Christ to us, in us, and through us. And all God's people said together, amen. Now, would you stand up one more time and let's close this time together by worshiping God and loving on Him before we leave this place today. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to this week's message. For more information, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.